Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning and the afternoon. Hear all the shows at drakehallmemphis.com. Pretty shocking headline here from the Nazi in Florida who just won't let up. Ron DeSantis bans births in Florida to do the exposure of impressionable infants to the vagina. <laughs> so Is this going not, too far? He's not pers- prosecuting the women for giving birth to naked babies then. I'm not sure. In the ongoing efforts to protect children from sexually explicit scenes, Governor Ron DeSantis has banned birth in Florida. This happened on Tuesday. He cites the need to protect impressionable infants from exposure to vaginas. No longer will we allow our innocent babies in the first moments of their lives to witness anything obscene that includes female genitalia, says the governor, saying that every time a person gives birth vaginally, whatever that means, child protective services will be called in and the mom will be charged with a felony for endangering a minor. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> They've been been extreme before, but this is a whole new level. The radical left is trying to groom our nation's young by having them pass through the birth canal, saying that it's natural and healthy. Wow. How dare In they? Florida, though, <laughs> we know that shoving a baby out of a woman's vagina is pornographic, and we're not going to tolerate it. Not on my watch. Yeah. <laughs> At press time, the police had arrested... Millions of Florida, of Florida's women on charges of molestation. They alleged that they had exposed unborn kids to their reproductive organs for up to nine months, and they just won't stand for it. <laughs> and I'm with him all the way. Mm-hmm. Good decision. That's funny. I wonder how many people think that that story is real. <laughs> Too many. Yeah. Uh, James Patterson is an author. Kind of. He writes books. He used to, I thought he was really good 30-ish years ago when he began the Alex Cross novels. They were great. They were written, um, he's a white man, uh, James Patterson, and Alex Cross was a black cop in D.C. And uh, Patterson, I thought it was a little bit ballsy, but um, he wrote it from a black man's perspective which is an interesting approach to writing, but the books were fantastic. For the first five or ten, uh, they, um, Along Came a Spider was the first one, if my memory serves, and Kiss the Girls was also a biggie. They were both made into movies. Uh, Morgan Freeman, I think, played Alex Cross. And then Patterson, uh, as authors tend to do, he gets tired of the same topic, and they go on to write other series. Uh, David Baldacci has done that. How this guy churns out three or four books a year, I will never understand. But Patterson got into a thing, and I don't know, I found it to be very distasteful at first. Uh, but um, he's also, I believe, one of the guys we can, can thank for the three-page chapter because it keeps people from getting bored. But it also kind of dumbs down the process. But uh, it sold a lot of books. And he veered off into different topics. I meant to look up this book, but I, the first one I read from him that was not Alex Cross was a fantasy book about 
Children That Grew Wings. Remember that book by any chance, Wes, or not? No, nah, I don't know that. Um, it was a fantasy. Uh, it was well done. Um, and then he, you know, veered off into various topics. And then he turned himself into a factory. And he is, his uh, name would be on a book. But he hired young writers to pretty much, he gave them the outline, and they wrote the book. And his name was on the cover in large, large letters with their name underneath it. And he kept doing that and still does it. And then he veered off. He wrote a book with Bill Clinton. He wrote a book with other people. And he has expanded his horizons. I don't know uh, if it was good for writing or good for books or not. I think either you write them uh, and you take credit for it or you don't. Anyway, he made a comment that Wes can kind of chime in on too. He said, if Florida bans my books, then no kids under 12 should ever see Marvel movies. Drawing a comparison between uh, the issues that we tackle like racism, sexuality, and gender. You know, what, who's, who's what? What pronouns do we use? And uh, he, some of these books they think in Florida are a threat to younger readers. Uh, many of the books that have been pulled off, which is, is heartbreaking to me, The Catcher in the Rye by Salinger, Beloved by Toni Morrison, and other American classics that they deem to be unfit for children to read. Uh, he was pulled into this discussion this week when his book called Maximum Ride, which is a, a, a grade school book, which follows in the tradition of what he wrote before about these winged children, human-avian hybrids. And these kids are all friends. And somehow they found that to be offensive. What part of that is offensive? Exactly. On the face of it, I can't find anything. But uh, maybe they referred to some, some child, you know, some someone under, say, 18, who is gay in the story. And that's the problem. Oh, Jesus. Uh, so he got into a tweet thing urging fans who found, quote, uh, the, the a mindless book banning, troubling or confusing, to write to Ron DeSantis, who has been waging this culture war, uh, much to the annoyance of a lot of people, including those in his own party. Because this guy is a friggin' Nazi. So, um, he does a Q&A here that's too long to even get into. Uh, but he disputes the fact that there's anything in this book that would threaten a child who reads it. it and he says, if you're going to ban this book, then no kids under 12 should be allowed to see Marvel movies. Um, now, that brings up an entirely new topic that Wes can speak to, I would suspect. Um, he also points out how much money and time he has spent on the funding of libraries in schools. And he has funded libraries all across America and given scholarships to teachers and written books for kids and on and on and on. So he is offended, I think as he should be, to have some asshole like this guy, DeSantis, 
decide what people should and shouldn't read. And if the books are bad, then are some of the things that Marvel films present also objectionable in his eye? And should they be? And what would he be talking about in specific, Wesley? You know this stuff backward and forward. The only thing I can think of that he would be drawing some kind of parallel between his books and the MCU movies are maybe the level of violence and fighting that's in there because the well, MCU bad. doesn't really you know, spend a whole lot of time on uh, let's say romantic interest or uh, budding sexuality amongst uh, the teenagers of the in, that are in these stories, uh, unless you know he thinks it's you know, kids shouldn't see romance between a uh, mutant woman and an android synthesoid, but that's getting into a whole other thing. Uh, that's I think what he's he's pointing out is that. What a lot of parents over, want to overlook and think that their kids are innocent. Kids, teenagers especially, are a lot smarter and yeah. can find out a lot mm -hmm. more things than parents like to give them credit for in many cases. And what this, what he's saying, what Patterson, I think, may be saying is, if you think the stuff in my books is stuff that kids shouldn't be reading, then they certainly shouldn't be seeing Marvel movies either. He also points out... Um, if a book comes into your home with your kid and they um, just ask them, you know, what's it about? Do you enjoy it? Or does it give you nightmares? Let's talk about it. He also makes a the most important point, I think, of all of this. He says there are far more scary things on the Internet than there are in libraries. Yeah. Amen Gosh, to that. Yeah. Yep. So this clown in, in uh, Florida can't ban the Internet, but he can take books off of shelves that he and his fellow Nazis think are, may hurt the kids. Kids can go on the internet and find whatever they want to. Mm -hmm. Sexual stuff, God knows what else. But the catcher in the rye, oh, we can't have that. It's just such a sad time to be alive. Um, but uh, he's, uh, and this, he, he's asked, what is your worst case scenario for a nation that keeps on you know, banning books? He says you'll have a country of people with no sense of history or ideas. None. Zero. One of the best things about books is it allows us to find out about different ways of thinking, of living. Problems that we all have. Different ways of finding joy. You can explain a world through, 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 through any library... And that's a good thing. To cut that down is not useful or helpful. And then the debate continues. You know, yeah. it's just one of the things that just makes those of us whose lives have been enriched and perhaps saved by books and by music and by art mm -hmm. in general. And the next thing is going to be, I guess we'll have to pull old Tipper Gore out of her grave. Um, oh, she, or is she dead? I guess not. Uh, but have her start putting some some warning labels on albums again. Remember that nonsense? Oh, I do. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember D. Snyder, of all people, outclassing everyone on that panel at the, in the uh, hearings. People have a yep. have the wrong idea about him. He's a really smart dude, very articulate. But Tipper Gore made an ass of herself. I guess that's, that's why Al had to, you know, run her off next. Uh, but... 
why do you focus on these books when there are movies and albums and the internet that is full of things that might be threatening that that you don't want your kids to see why do yeah. you go for books you know it's it's um it's troubling but then again there it is back in a sec this is drake digital all right wesley has a gaggle of stories about things in the music business from cat stevens to brian may a bunch of stuff let's have it wesley yeah the first thing that you mentioned Cat Stevens, or Yusuf, is up for collaborating with someone that you would never expect uh, this guy to work with, because he did Peace Train and Where Shall the Children Play in these soft, kind of hippie love Masterpieces. Yeah, it's great. Back in the day. He thinks that uh, regarding this band, that he reckons, quote, we could definitely get it on. And he's talking about Green Day. What? Yeah, yep. I, I don't understand that. I, um, well, he's here, a most he, he interesting artist. Yeah, I, I don't. That's he, he explains it. This happened during an interview with the New Musical Express, and someone who was interviewing him asked him if he kept up with modern music, and he said that uh, he came from one of Pop's pinnacle eras, so he tends to listen to that period most often. But he loves Green Day quote because of their message. Know Your Enemy is an incredible song with a message about the Iraq War that was right on time. Close quote. And they asked if he'd consider working with him, and he said, Yeah, that's a good idea. He says, I think they listened to my song Bitter Blue before making Know Your Enemy as I can hear little tidbits in the chords and some of the words. I reckon we could definitely get it on. Close quote again. So I think he is one of the most under... Well, he he made two or three classic albums. Then he left the business and became a monk, as I recall, and changed his name to Yusef Islam. He became a Muslim. Mm-hmm. A Muslim, right. Yeah. And he, But he went off and lived a very solitary life and left all of this nonsense behind for a good 20 some odd years. Then he emerged from that. And, um, the guy has written some just in just great, great music. And he was a huge star and he plans to tour now and do a new album. Yeah. But with Billy Joe Armstrong and those other two guys, <laughs> wow. Well, they're something? not on, they're not on the new album, which is already done. It's called King of a Land, and it's due out in June. I I heard um, he covered uh, a song, one of his older tunes. He remade it, I think, um, but I can't recall what it was. Good for him. What else? Yeah. Uh, I got Rush uh, that I only bring up. They're doing the anniversary issue of Signals uh, from 1982. It's the 40th anniversary of it. It's coming a little bit late, but they've got a whole bunch of other stuff with it, like these things always do. If you really want to know all the details, it's easy to find on Rush.com or whatever their website is. I bring it up only because fans who enjoy the song Analog Kid now have, there's a new, they call Visualizer for it. It's kind of like a video, except there's not a lot going on. I watched it this morning because I'll take any excuse to listen <laughs> to the mean? Analog Kid. Okay. It means it's, it's basically a limited motion kind of thing. It's essentially two scenes and one of them is outside with some trees, a kid lying on the on his back on the grass like the song. A hawk is, goes by. That's about the only movement in it, except for the camera moving around and doing close-ups and so forth. And then there's another street scene on there. It's huh. it's out there. It's a promotional thing. There's not a whole lot to it, but uh, 
it's one more Rush thing and one more good reason to hear the Analog Kid at least once today. It's on the Rush right. YouTube channel. Cool. Uh, Jack White, this is an interesting story. I, uh, he and the White Stripes, it was him and his... Was she his, his sister? Or she wasn't his wife. No. He, she Meg was White. his wife, but somehow okay. the rumor got right. started that it was his sister, and they just never corrected it because that she was kind of better publicity. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But uh, someone, uh, a journalist hey, named... Wait, uh, yeah. time out. Your yeah. uh, mic is way faint. Way faint? Yeah. It's, it's real low. I haven't low changed anything here. Huh. Are you up on it? Because it's Yeah, I'm it's right low. here. That's better. Well, let me but it sounds it faint. A notch. Okay. Hold on, let me make the time note so I don't forget this. Sorry, I just couldn't take it anymore. It was just too. It's just too low. Okay. All right, take two. So Jack White is doing something about Meg White. People never knew if they were siblings or were married or what. What's the yeah, deal on that? They were they were married, but somehow the story got out that they were brother and sister and they just really I don't think they ever officially corrected it, maybe just because the controversy or the wonderment of it made for better publicity. Who knows? Sure. But there's a journalist, uh, Lachlan Mackey, who in an article somewhere that was picked up by Pitchfork called Meg White, the drummer of the White Stripes, a terrible drummer Suggesting the band could have been far more successful without her. She has, uh, this one has, they've since deleted the tweet. Uh, so this got passed around. Comments have come back from a lot of professional drummers and other musicians rebutting this, saying she was just fine, very good, etc. Jack White didn't address this directly. What he did was very Jack Whitish. He posted a picture of her on his Instagram, accompanied by this poem calling out the, quote, demons, cowards, and vampires out for blood of the modern world, praying for an empty field where no tall red poppies are cut down. So, so it's kind of... into heroin. Okay, good. <laughs> it's just a weird, uh, oblique sort of defense of, of Meg White. So that's out well, there. That's, that and, seems kind of like, that's an unusual overreaction by him, I would think. Why does he care now? Well, because I, they still made some good music together, even though they're divorced. And also, it's the 20th yeah. anniversary of the Elephant album. Oh, uh, okay. She was very basic, as I recall. Then again, so was a guy named Ringo Starr. Yeah, Who set go. the bar for, for, the, for the rock drummer in its most simple form. Ringo uh, established the drumming style for rock music uh, that was has been copied and uh, redone time after time. He was so simple, and that was the key, to I, th to, I think, to his work. Now, after him, Keith Moon and John Bonham and many others uh, expended upon how busy and how much drumming the song could take. Keith Moon especially played along with, with Pete Townsend. He was playing along with a guitar, which was unheard of. And John Bonham was uh, an island unto himself. Uh, just truly different. Uh, but Ringo was a basic and simple guy that uh, laid the groundwork for many drummers to follow. And she was simple, but I don't think it's worth insulting her over that. Yeah, there's no. nothing wrong with simple. If that serves the song that you're trying to do, then that's yeah. what it needs. Simple is much more effective in most cases than overplaying and too many drummers and other they overplay it 
less is more in many cases like this. And on the note of Jack White, is it as if though as though he's not busy doing, let's see, all of his bands that he's in, his record label. I think he has a vinyl pressing place now. He, he does up in Nashville. Likes yeah. to, he likes to work on cars. And I saw a picture on his Instagram of this, of two red Ford Broncos. One is like a 1977 one, which he wanted because he says he was born in a red truck or something, or a red Ford, maybe. So he's restoring it. And then another newer one that's, or maybe it's brand new, that's he has figured out how to turn into red and white because it came okay. red and black, but he wanted it to be red and white, so he found somebody to do it. Anyway. Some white paint. He po- yeah. So he, he, he posted those two the other day, and I just thought that was cool. I was like, how, how does this guy have time? If you've <laughs> you never know? seen the documentary called It Might Get Loud, if you like guitar players and want to see uh, three of the best that are in, they're all different, but this thing was mind-blowing. Jack White, Jimmy Page, and The Edge. And they each have their individual parts in this in this this film about how they play and their most famous licks and it's extremely good um, and on that note at the end of this break we're going to play you the first song released off of the new U2 album called Surrender now it isn't the new album that's coming out sometime this year but it is a remake of some of their biggest hits and I heard it this morning and went, hmm, we've got to play this. And so Wes found it, and we'll play it at the end of this break. In the meantime, you had more uh, uh, King Charles yes. knighted yes. Brian May, or did Brian May knight him? I couldn't get it straight. <laughs> no. Queen guitarist Brian May was knighted by King Charles III, so he is now Sir Dr. Brian May, or Dr. Sir Brian May. I'm not sure which is supposed to come what first. What man he is. Yeah, yeah. so he is uh, was ordered, was appointed a Knight Bachelor by King Charles during an official ceremony. It took place uh, earlier this week, and he's happy and grateful. And by the way, Queen drummer Roger Taylor was made an officer of the Order of the British Empire, that's the OBE, in 2020. So why he got it first and Brian May had to wait until now I don't have any idea. But Brian so. is a sir and Roger is an obe. So I think that, Roger, <laughs> that Brian May wins. So I think that's still a sir. There's still different orders of knighthood. Maybe, I'm, I don't know. It's very confusing. Confusing the, the whole of the British upper class and the ranks and titles and who outranks who is like a confusing jumble of the backside of the tapestry somewhere. It's, it's all the inbreeding. <laughs> it's just a mess and nobody cares anymore. Okay, on that, uh, to wrap up, up this break, this album comes out today, and I don't know what the song listing is, uh, but this sprang from Bono's book called Surrender, wherein he analyzes every chapter is a different song, and he elaborates too much, and it, it's kind of hard to read this book, I thought, because it's all from his childhood and the upbringing and the Irish have a tendency to overwrite and overanalyze and over-emote, and Bono is no exception. And some of this got bogged down and got really hard to read. But he went back to their early songs, and then he got up to the, the to the parts where they became more famous and had more famous songs. And he writes about these songs in depth, their inspirations, and so on. So they went back 
and re-recorded new versions of some of their biggest hits. <laughs> and, and here is one of them now that is, it's different, but it's really good. This is U2's new version of One on Dreg Digital. I bring up politics and those stories sometime, just in the interest of the humorous headline and sometime the body of the story that also provides great comedic material. Uh, mm -hmm. This one doesn't really need any discussion because the headline says it all, and you can make up your own absurd, uh, never just a never-ending stupidity of what politicians want to impose upon you and me because of what they believe or what they want to pander to their constituents and keep getting the votes of these dumb rednecks. This is from Arkansas. A new bill would, would, would create a felony for using an opposite-sex restroom near a child. You're <laughs> near kidding. a child. <laughs> is this from Saturday Night Live? I mean, what? <laughs> it's a headline from Channel 5 about a new bill about where you can pee and not pee. But what does it have to do with going to the bathroom and an opposite? Have, have any of you ever seen a bathroom sign any place that designates men, women, uh, trannies, no kids allowed, don't let the kids in the stall to watch you lift your dress up if you're a guy. Um, no, I, I've never I, seen I just, anything I, This just left me speechless. I just thought, a felony for using opposite-sex restroom near a child. How near is too near? Two feet or a mile? <laughs> That's a good right. question. Yeah, I wonder if they address just, some square footage in the. That's in the all I have to say about these backwoods oh, people. I I, I, I don't, don't know, know what they hope to protect on this. I I don't know I, who you think is letting their kid in the bathroom to watch you take a dump. Well, I just don't know. And is it for adults only? Can can moms take their little boys that are five years old into the women's bathroom? Can dads take their there daughters who are five years old into the men's bathroom if there's you know no mom around? Or is it just for adults and? Are they trying? Know. Are they putting this law in effect to try to keep pervs out of the girls' bathroom? That should work as well as putting in gun laws to keep criminals from getting guns. If it... <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I just had a flash on how old were we when we stopped going to the bathroom as little kids with our mom? Like three or four, maybe, or something like that. Uh, uh, yeah, and un five I or under, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But I mean. Who is it that's in a restaurant? Say you're out for a big night at Applebee's with your kids. Uh, that's where all the drag queens go, I've heard. Um, and you're <laughs> uh, surveying the attendees in the restaurant to find out which ones might be in drag or might be trannies or might be whatever the hell you want to call them. And so you make sure that your kid that's eight years old does not go pee when they do. Well, and... I've got a whole different question. The complaint that women often throw out about the inequity of restrooms is because it comes from there's always a line at the women's restroom, right? So there's like always right. you're on a concert always. or something. There's yeah, usually, 20 yes, women yes, in front yes. of you. 
and the men's bathroom never near as bad. If some no. woman really has to go to the bathroom real bad, they they have been known to just duck into the men's bathroom and say, yeah. "I just gotta go." See, and and Sid confirms, you know, agrees with me right there, and has done it. If there's a little boy in that bathroom, is that a felony in Arkansas? Sid might be in jail for this before we know it. If. <laughs> And if there's, there's, sh- there's and, just there's and, something wrong with this. And there's something wrong some, with these people. I, and I, I and if know. you're and if you're somewhere, and it's and it's out of order or whatever, you know, do you just go behind the building and whip it out? I mean, some kid might be getting out of their car with their mom and going into the store or the restaurant. Do you refer <laughs> to that's going to the force some at, people to do that? Do you whip yours out? Is that your phraseology for when you go pee? To whip I it mean, out? I mean, I guess I would squat, or okay. hover. Well. Okay, well, that gives me some consolation. That was yeah. going a real bad direction. Yeah. Um, I'm at, you know. It's yes. a, the whole thing is, I have been uh, in, in like, in a bar, perhaps, if the men's room is full and I I got to pee, I will tiptoe into the woman's room and pee real fast and leave. If no one's in there. If uh-huh. someone's there, yes, I don't want to get shot. So Right. Um, or just pee in the sink. That's but my usual all- MO. Um <laughs> Here and in a bar, too. It doesn't matter where I am. Okay, here is part two of just... Oh, there's more. Good. Lauren Boebert. If you know who this broad is, she's even dumber than Marjorie Treasure Trash Queen Green. Oh, Lord. She really does. She does. She is wearing the crown this week. The headline on this, these are not my words. I'm just reading a story. Now, the more I got into the body of the story, the more I had to do some research on the numbers that she was tossing out about guns. And it turns out that she was accurate. But the way that she presents it sounds like more, uh, just more of this this vomit that comes out of the mouths of these people that seek headlines and, and, and get them. Lauren Boebert has done an excellent job at, 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 at branding herself as a hard right, down to earth MAGA mom. Uh, the headline, I missed this one, uh, the, it is, Lauren Boebert is a special kind of stupid, is the headline. <laughs> and then it goes on to, she loves her guns. Now, all right. let's make it clear that um, we discuss this all the time. I have uh, a number of guns that are all legal and they're all uh, kept, well, it's just me and my wife and these animals. So I'm not hiding them. They're in. They're accessible in every room. But uh, that's just the way it is, and I'm responsible and all that stuff. So she's a big mouth about her rights and your rights and our rights and all that stuff. Before she was in Congress, she opened up a bar in Colorado. I guess that's where she's from. Called Shooter's Grill. All right. She made a comment that the that uh, the this the amendment that protects our gun rights the second one is absolute and it's here to stay i am quoting her a new report states that americans own 46% of the world's guns then she says i think we need to get our numbers up boys and girls end quote <laughs> okay <laughs> i did a search america does indeed own 46% of all the guns in the world. Compare that to the number that America makes up 4% of the world's population. 
That's quite the concentration. Uh, now, that's does, a little scary. Does does this include the world's military, or is it the world's uh, personally owned firearms, not owned civilians. by government? Civilians. Civilians. Okay, wow. Because that, oh, wow. that would throw it off a little bit. Miss Bobert, the story continues, who is a who is a just a, a unique kind of stupid, was quoting a study that I looked up by a guy named Aaron Karp. He is a professor and a member of some organization that keeps an eye on this kind of stuff. Americans buy approximately 14 million new and imported guns every year. I fact-checked that. The number for last year was actually 19 million. Golly. So she was bitching about the ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, and Explosives, for requiring gun owners to have their firearms registered and to have pistol things on there that will lock the trigger in case a kid gets it, and so on and so forth. She says, ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. In Western Colorado, we call that a fun weekend. Well, no one's saying you you can't have a fun weekend with alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. But But the way it is, it is, it is remarkably, I think, inappropriate and a bad look uh, for her to be having this little, you know, celebration of her guns and booze and cutting up. And she doesn't trust the ATF, she says, because they they overreach and the rules overreach. And she doesn't like it. And then she launched into this story about this bar that she owns. She got her carry permit, she says, and encouraged her employees to do the same thing after a man was beaten to death by another man's hands outside of her restaurant. That never happened. What happened was a man who had been involved in a fight someplace in the area of her restaurant collapsed a block away from the from her place and died from a meth overdose mm. but the shooting death that story sells better yeah and offers a better yeah. segue into why she is pro-gun 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 um there's nothing wrong with being pro-gun if it's done in a civilized respectful law-abiding fashion yeah, uh, and but, this goes on to just discuss, and and I thought that 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 those numbers were part of her being a dumbass. The numbers are accurate, right? So, but, but we don't own enough, according to her. <laughs> so we got to jack it up. Four. Yeah. So in this in this country, we private citizens own almost fifty percent of the world's privately held firearms. Yes. So the that's Second scary. Amendment. That's the Second <clears throat> Amendment is in full force and in no danger whatsoever. But people fetishize fetishize these guns and this the gun culture, and mm. and but that gets votes from people who just just like want to make love to their guns. It is a little bit surprising to me that that there are that many guns. It's something like uh, I would have been yeah. I'm surprised I too. I saw the breakdown per person how many that 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 is. Uh, this piece goes on to say that that amendment does, you know, as you say, uh, you know, cover this stuff, but it does not not to it does not cover the bigger magazines and guns. I have one that holds 15 in the clip, but you can buy the ones that have an that are 
that are that 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 are longer, and they extend to to carry. I'm not sure how many, but you can buy those too. Are bump stocks, which are always a problem. And the last time there was a massive some kind of a killing someplace, they're going to ban all the bump stocks. That hasn't happened, uh, or pistol braces, which mm -hmm. I guess somehow locked. So she's droning on about this and about gun violence, and we all know the horribleness of crime in America and in Memphis. Uh, but it's clowns like her that make the whole thing um, seem dirty for some reason, and and she makes all this shit up to make it to just to, to embellish her point, and makes fun of the you know of the ATF and. She's dumber than a bag of rocks, and she wears the crown this week for that story over this other freaking bimbo. Uh, it, but it's 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 so stupid. It's funny. It's absurdist humor. It's just it's just, registering go, just your guns away. though is, doesn't affect your ability to own them any more than registering your car affects your ability to buy automobiles. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. Uh, let me thank our friends at Wholesale Nutrition. They are really good folks with a new store, and they, their new website is up, wholesalenutrition.com. I mentioned that I, the other day that I have bought two things. I, I have bought them. I have purchased them for allergy season. And I'm telling you, I took the first of these, one of these yesterday, and because I had felt this, this ear pressure, and you know how that feels. All of you do that have allergies. Um, Allercetin is one thing that they have. And this, I promise you, this these things work as well, if not better, than Allegra or the things you buy at the drugstore. Uh, Quiracetin is the other one with uh, bromelain and vitamin C. Google them if you wish, and you will see the benefits that are uh, involved in these herbal supplements. They work. And one of these things, this Aquaricetin, they suggest you take it at the first sign of runny nose and the headaches and stuff and take it for up for about two days and then stop because you should be able to have this go away. It aims at the uh, inflammation uh, that causes you to have the pressure in your nose and your head. And by gosh, it works. Um, so... Write this down or look it up. Uh, Allercetin is one of them, and Quiracetin is the other. The store is Wholesale Nutrition on Goodman Road in South Haven. It's worth a little trip down here between Goodman. Uh, it's on Goodman between Goodwell and Chulahoma. I thank them, and they have really go uh, good staff on hand to inform you of what you might need or might not need. Uh, either way, it's worth looking into. You'll feel better. Back in a sec, this is Drake Digital. There's a round of dumbasses here. Uh, let me give you one, and then Sid has some, as does Wes. We can knock out some of these things. Are you yawning, Wes? It's stretching. <laughs> You're busted. Um, man jailed on ramen noodle battery charge. Police say Florida woman attacked following dispute over dog in bed. And this guy's mugshot's great. He, he looks like he could give a... Uh, a guy in Florida <laughs> is behind bars after allegedly battering a female victim 
with hot ramen noodles. What a waste of a great food that doesn't have any sodium at all in it. I used to eat. I I love oh, those things. Oh, they're so good. They were so good. They're so but good. The, but but the, but they'll give you a stroke after you eat them. There's so much junk in them. Um, there was a disturbance called in. Uh, Fort Pierce is the city in in that state. Uh, this gal called the popo because she was struck with noodles thrown by Brandon Smith after a dispute over her letting the dog onto the bed. And Brandon snapped. He hit her with a, with this um, packet of noodles uh, that was on the back. Oh, uh, and a hot pot. They were Ooh. in the pot. Oh. So he whacked her with that, and um, and then he was chasing the dog around the house when she fell atop the noodles on the stove. So there are various stories here. Somewhere in the midst of this is the truth. But anyway, ramen noodles, now a weapon, and uh, <laughs> and Doodly here is going to the joint, not for very long, of course, but uh, that's just the way the world's going. Um, the Army's new Googles let soldiers see right through walls, Wes? What does that mean? Oh, goggles. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, what, <laughs> that's one of the uh, tech stories. You want to jump to that instead of the other dumbasses? Oh, I thought that was... A, a dumbass. Oh. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, just save it. Do some dumbasses. Okay. They're more fun. I, I've got this one that comes from uh, Nashville where there's been a rash of burglaries by this one guy. They know it's the same guy because he's wearing the same outfit. That outfit is a blue and yellow dinosaur onesie. <laughs> what? The, that's what he's I wearing. I want one of these. This it is hot. <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh, got this fluffy dinosaur pajama thing going on that has a tail with some soft spikes and he's got the uh, gloves to keep the fingerprints from showing up on anything as he rifles through unlocked cars and go tries uh, doors and basically he's just a burglar of opportunity he checks for you know, people who have left their stuff unlocked goes in and takes the stuff he wants and he's been seen a couple of times. He's been caught on video a couple of times. There's uh, one really good picture of him from someone's doorbell camera that uh, shows him in this this pajama hoodie thing, and the hoodie is brought up, but you can still see his face. See, that's his failure right there. He's got no yeah, mask. That's, that that doesn't work out. Yeah. If you're going to go as far as to be a burglar and wear a distinctive costume like this, add a mask, go full-on supervillain, and just dive right in. I mean, they're probably. I want to see this onesie, though. This sounds great. <laughs> I wonder where you buy those for adults. Costume store. At, at yeah. some perv store, yeah. yeah. Cool. Oh my god! All right, uh, I'll do one more of yours, Wesley. Oh, okay, and we throw it to Sid. We got this one. Uh, a Pennsylvania Golden Corral had a big brawl happen over yes. some stakes. This, uh, this former employee, and it was caught on video, of course, so you can go yeah. and this down and watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah basically, yeah. Uh, this it former good, employee. It's good and good for you, too. Healthy mm -hmm. food. Mm -hmm. yeah. Former employee Dylan Becker <laughs> said, there was two parties in line waiting for steak. Someone had cut in front nice. and then started being picky and finicky about the steaks and taking too long. Someone else spoke up and said something. I guess the other party didn't like, and it just turned into an all-out brawl. This uh, 
melee that's caught on video grew until about 40 people got involved throwing punches, throwing chairs, and just wrecking the place. The company that owns the restaurant uh, called the cops, of course. The police are you know, got everything calmed down. They're investigating. They're trying to find out who started it because they could face a couple of charges. No one was seriously injured, according to the press release from Golden Corral. Everybody has a hair trigger on their they emotions. They do, man. You, you put, oh, you, you, God. They're just one teeny bit away from losing it. But I guess if you're going to pick some places to have a complete meltdown, Golden Corral is perfect. <laughs> I can't um, get past Throwing steaks the... and fighting. Love it. Uh, I, I, I can't get past that there's a steak at a buffet somewhere. Just what? laying there like a, a <laughs> there slab of dog at, food. At yeah. Buffets? Oh. Uh, they've been stacked up there for a week oh. until somebody finally eats them all. Then they throw oh. in some more. Uh, what did you have that was a dumbass? Or do you even have any? I have one. I have one, yeah. Right, um, an, a Connecticut teacher who is single and has a boyfriend wanted to go out of town. I guess like right after Thanksgiving, they um, planned a, a trip to Florida, she and the boyfriend, which sounds all great and happy and, and you know joyful. Well, um, so they went, and they left her kids at home her kids who aren't adults uh they're nine and eleven and uh (laughs) she uh yeah she she said you know you'll be fine just stay in the basement out of sight what are we gonna have for dinner just eat candy for dinner i'm 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 literally quoting her just eat candy for dinner yes just eat candy i'm sorry or whatever is downstairs i'll make it up to you she said she told him to stay in the basement Three days, three days to, from Connecticut to Florida with an eleven-year-old and a nine-year-old at home, Eat candy locked in, and stay in the basement. One of them, they found out because the ex-husband, uh, you know, was in touch with the kids. They probably called him right away. Mom left us at home by ourselves, <laughs> and uh, he has these oh, these texts from the kids to show the cops. And oh, one of them said, man. "You know, can, can I pee?" And she said, "Quick, no lights." <laughs> She said, uh, and one of the kids said, oh, I'm sad. I put my batteries upstairs. And she said, okay. She's a bath head. There, go up there super fast. Ass. Stay low so no one sees you. I mean, seriously. Oh, th- this is sick. So That's... she she's in trouble, and she is she got arrested. She Actually, she's free on $5,000 bond and going to uh, Superior. Oh, no, this was, oh, this was at the end of January. She's already gone to a Superior Court hearing. But uh, thank goodness for the ex-husband for finding out and the kids being smart and saying, um, yeah, we're, we're here by ourselves. She claims that she left him to stay with them or somebody to stay with them. Well, no, no. They were alone at home for three days while she was in Florida. <laughs> oh, man. It's just unbelievable. This is Drake Digital. Other rock and roll entertainment type news include, and I don't really understand this one, I just wonder who it is that that you know green lights some of these projects and puts up the cash. If you ask anybody under forty years old right now on the street, who is Keith Moon? Are they going to know? There is a biopic being made of his life. Yep. He was a crazy, out of control um, guy, a, a character. And play drums for the Who before he died. What Wes? About thirty years ago, at least. Eighty-eight is when he died. Eighty-eight, oh, ninety-eight, wow. twenty-eighteen. Forty-three, forty-four years later, 
How relevant is a biopic about Keith Moon and who's going to play him and who will care? That's the part that I can't figure out. Well, who, who will care is going to be uh, left a lot to uh, the marketing of it because Keith Moon may not be a name that people uh, under 40, say, would, would recognize, but The Who and some of the songs in, used in the, uh, in the marketing are still going to work. Uh, well, Get Fooled Again has some great, you know, drum riffs and yeah, all, mm -hmm. and, and all the, the whole thing do. is going to be called uh, The Real Me. It's got Roger Daltrey and Pete Townsend on board as executive producers. The guy uh, who was associated with The Crown and White House Farm, uh, Paul Whittington, is going to be directing. Uh, Jeff Pope wrote the script for it. They don't have any names listed here for potential actors for this thing, but uh, it's it says Los Angeles-based White Horse Pictures is producing. They're the ones who did the Martin Scorsese documentary on George Harrison and Ron Howard's Beatles documentary, Eight Days a Week, the touring years. So they've yeah. done rock films before. But they must have some kind of cast assembled because they say shooting is uh, set to begin in June for this thing. And huh. I, I think if marketed well, it could do pretty well. I, it doesn't say if it's supposed to be a streaming thing or if it's going to theaters and if they're going to try to be the next Bohemian Rhapsody or uh, yeah, or, or the Elton John story. I don't know. So we'll find and out. The guy, as it, I bet the guy is somebody that is totally unknown. Wouldn't you think? That would be, the, I think, the way to go. Otherwise, yeah, we're going to see that actor playing Keith Moon. Oh, and another way to market it, the uh, Muppets, I guess, are still a thing. So you could say, you, <laughs> you know that Muppet animal? He was modeled after yeah. Keith Moon. <laughs> <laughs> I love well, that guy. That might work, yeah, because he was, he, he was nuts. Yeah, Keith Moon, uh, that guy. I, I, I'm hard to think who else was known as being... That nuts. Publicly until he died. Maybe Brian Jones, maybe John Bonham, maybe Bon Scott. But Keith was wide open. He one time uh, drove a, a Rolls Royce into somebody's pool in their backyard. Oh, just my cause. gosh. <laughs> oh, he was jacked up for a long uh, time. He must have been pretty young when he died, too, right? Uh, I can't remember. In his early 30s, anyway. He beat the 27 Aww. Club, but not by a whole lot. Well, we'll Gosh. see how this goes. I, I somehow feel this is not going to be a, a gigantic hit, but again, we could be wrong. Let's hope we are. Um, Led Zeppelin, what is this new footage from these boys? Yeah, someone uh, someone took a, an 8mm camera and somehow managed to get some footage on it from uh, Zeppelin concerts in 1977. This footage, the uh, place that has it is the Led Zepp Film YouTube channel, and they acquired it. They said this reel was found last month from the third night of the band's sixth night run at Madison Square Garden in 77. There's two dates on it, uh, some offstage footage, it says, and uh, so uh, thanks to the original filmer. I watched um, not all of it, but most of it. There's two different clips up on YouTube. One's a little over six minutes long and the other's about three and a half minutes. The sound is absolutely horrible. There's oh, yeah. some abrupt changes, which I kind of get because it seems like the guy filmed a little bit of a song and then shut the camera off and then turned it on again later on to get a little bit more and then did that a couple of times through the show. But uh, you, so the changes are abrupt. You get some stage chatter, you get a, a brief acoustic bit, uh, but it's still fun to see just to see Led Zeppelin 
on stage in 77 just to Back see then. what yeah. that was. So what those kind nobody of could have taken the time to work with it and make it look better and or sound better. They just popped it up like it was. Well, I don't know. They say that uh, there was someone who did a digital scan of it and did mold reduction on the film. So there there was some work done on it. But I guess, there's only, I guess, so much you can do with 8mm film from 1977. What did Peter Jackson have to work with with the Beatles in 69? He, uh, he had pro stuff. Uh, so I don't know. It was, was it 15mm? Because they said it was originally designed for television. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's those big. Because I saw he was on sixty minutes last night. I don't think it was from last week. I think it was actually yesterday's sixty minutes, and it was all about music and and part of it was him. And it was I saw Tony Bennett, and that was heartbreaking. Yes. Oh, I know. Well, it was after Tony Bennett. Um, Oh shoot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go back and 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 it was really really interesting. But yeah, it was the big you know, real to real size canisters that it showed right. in this room. There's tons of them huh. for him to go through. So I don't know what size that's called. Well, I'll be darned. He also, I would that. point out, mm-hmm. he also had the resources of the House of Mouse to help him do his restoration work, which is probably a little more than LedZepFilm.YouTube.com has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, he had the backing of, uh, of Disney and uh, Mickey Mouse, so they got all that worked out. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good. So it's on on the YouTube, and it probably isn't very enlightening, but nonetheless, it's still fun there to see. I, I I I enjoyed myself watching it, even you know, despite the the things I said about it. It's still worth a little. And bit probably of time. a pretty plain stage with not much lighting and not much anything. Yep. Just just the band uh, getting down and back in that era. That's when I saw them for the first time and thought, well, I, I mean, it was a real real letdown to me. I I had had bad seats and the mm. sound I thought was muffled and you missed a lot of stuff because Zeppelin on the record is unbelievable but it's yeah. it's awful hard to replicate that on a stage uh, it's it's just hard all the guitar parts all the you know backup vocal parts that were all plant I mean plant can sing you know four parts at a time that's just hard to do I mean he's good <laughs> but, you know, come on he's- this is Drake digital. All right, we turn to Wesley. <laughs> People are sharing how they got petty revenge, nothing better, on entitled awful people, and it says here it's delicious. <laughs> it is. Awesome. There's, some, tell. there's some great stories in here. This is a uh, BuzzFeed list. This woman says that the, in, they were in Atlantic City, and they were awakened at 4 a.m. because the people next door were having a, a, quote, loud and belligerent bachelorette party. Whoa. They called them twice. They went over there, asked them to keep it down. They ignored the knock. They giggled, shushing each other. So we figured, yeah, we're up. Let's just pack and head home. We have to get up in a few hours anyway. We're gone. Before we left... We left behind a 7.30 a.m. alarm set on maximum volume. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. This this woman says, uh, my ex was always lying to me, cheating on me with his roommate's girlfriend who he said he couldn't stand. He liked to go out and drink, so one night I drove to the bar. I knew he he was at there with her, uh, and I put uh, Loctites on all his car doors so he wouldn't be able to get in. Then I went to his house. And put this super glue on all of his locks, front and back. 
that waited another month, still had a key to his house. So I put itching powder in his bed, nair in his shampoo, and had a box of live bees delivered to his house. Oh my God! What a hate! <laughs> no kidding. That's kind of overdoing it. Well, she was pissed. This yeah. story, I don't know if this story is true. It's part of a a chain text sequence here. But uh, this guy starts it by saying, apparently the dude who started Netflix did so because he got a $40 late fee from Blockbuster and was pissed. And someone says, pettiness is the greatest motivation in the world, to which this guy named <laughs> Berlin Wall adds in, in 1888, a guy named Alman Brown Stronger was an undertaker, and he noticed he was losing a lot of business to the other undertaker in his town. He found out the other undertaker's wife was a telephone operator. She would intercept people asking to be connected to Stronger's funeral home, and she would route the call to her husband's <laughs> funeral home instead. Oh. What did he do? Three years later, this guy, Alman, patented the automatic telephone exchange, a system which allowed telephone users to make calls without the need for human operators. How about that? He destroyed an wow. entire workforce. That's, wow. wow. Hateful, but productive. Talk about yep. revenge. This one is a lot Jeez. simpler than inventing an entire new technology. This woman says she had an awful roommate for a few months. She was very privileged. Her mom spoiled her, encouraged her to act like an entitled brat. The final straw for me was when she was sick with the flu and needed me to drive through a blizzard to pick up her meds, only for me to come home and find out she was throwing a party for her coked-out friends. So I flipped out. She oh moved gosh. out, but it wasn't enough. So I used her forwarding address and signed her up as interested with every religious group I could find. <laughs> Within rocks. two weeks, she was furiously posting on Facebook after the stream of Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormon missionaries at her door. Dozens of Bibles, uh, uh, Scientology packets, cult mailers in her mailbox, and the weekly free samples of adult diapers. These people showed up for over a year. Oh, man. This is creative. That's Awesome. I mean, I, I'm not sure I have the energy to go that far. I just think of violence in revenge. I, this is too much trouble. <laughs> I, I know, God like the almighty. like the like the hurt girlfriend. I'm just gash tires. They're way expensive. All right, go ahead. <laughs> this one uh, is was someone who was on the receiving end. My boyfriend, she says, of four years, suddenly acted started acting strange. I discovered he was cheating with multiple people. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. This is the one who took the revenge. I've got a different one where uh, she was on the receiving end. But what she did was posted an ad on Craigslist using his phone number, saying that she was a writer and wanted to compile random sentences into a book. And I asked people, she says, to just text a random or weird sentence, and I'll never know what the sentences people texted him were, but I imagine it was hilarious, made That's far great. better by the fact it was April oh Fool's Day. <laughs> this, That's really smart, God. smart, mean people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They this, were hurt. This is the one who was on the receiving of it, end of right. it. It says, my ex used seam rippers to rip out the pocket seams in my sweatpants. We met to exchange each other's stuff. My clothes were folded nicely. Everything was there. A few days later, I put a pair on, put my cell phone in my pocket, and crash! It fell right uh. through to the floor. Oh. Didn't think anything of it. Put my phone in the other pocket. Crash! Down to the floor. Uh. I looked at all my pants that she gave back, and they were all ripped. Not enough they <laughs> couldn't be fixed, but enough to annoy the shit out of me. And I know she was getting a huge huge kick out of this well those are pretty yeah. harmless i guess but that's i guess it beats you know shooting them in the head well yeah so. i mean yeah, yeah. less All prison right. time turns out well yeah clever oh man one more very, yeah very clever uh when a co-worker's cheating ex took his new girlfriend on vacation 
She went to his apartment and hid pieces of fish and beef throughout the place. Oh, no. It was the middle oh. of August, and as he was away, he didn't have air conditioning turned on, and I can imagine how bad his place mm, smelled when he mm, returned a mm, week mm, later. Mm, mm, mm. That. That's Save some of those for later. That's that's you're gonna give people some really good ideas. <laughs> Learn from Wes how to be good at revenge. Oh man, a new story that Sid found about the workplace. I can't tell much anymore if people are back in offices. I saw a piece about how much office space is being unused. Some companies um, made folks come back to work. For four days a week, not five, and some can still work from home, but it's it's just kind of a mess. I, I can't imagine, I would rather starve to death than work in a workplace ever again. Um, I'll, I'll never do it. We, we've been out of that mess for three years, and what a, a life changer it is. But different jobs call for different things, uh, and everybody has their workplace rules. Many of them are insipidly stupid, and she has a list. What's the deal? Yeah, yeah. the uh, BuzzFeed asked people to share the worst rule that a boss ever tried to enforce on them. Bosses. This one says, I worked in an all-male company. Eventually, they started bringing in a few women to be more inclusive. There were about four women and 50 men. A month in, we had a meeting and were told that the women couldn't sit together or socialize both in and outside of the office, especially at lunch, because we were, quote, creating a clique. We also weren't allowed to discuss, oh, quote, women talk like hair, makeup, cooking, yoga, fashion, as the men came to work to, quote, get away from their wives. The company, quote, rewards included things like going to a strip club, football tickets, etc. We were told we couldn't go because it was meant to be a reward for the men. What well, decade was this from? Now, I guess. I mean, this story. <laughs> that's a couple from, of lawsuits you know, about ready to happen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's lawsuit city, man. Oh, yeah. This one says, I worked at a law firm as a legal assistant. I only lasted two days. Why? Because they charged you $25 each time you didn't answer your phone, and they only paid you $7.25 an hour. Oh, eat <laughs> That's a insane. big one. That's awful. Mm -hmm. This and one illegal. says, I, yeah, I worked briefly at a pound shop dollar store. The manager always called me Rachel, not my name, and insisted that I had to wear my hair <laughs> in a high ponytail because I was blonde and it, quote, looked better. Sure enough, all the other staff members with long hair could do whatever they wanted with their hair, but not me. That's <sighs> um, another lawsuit ready to happen. Yeah, mm -hmm. it is. This one says, back when, I, back when I worked at a call center for a popular internet service provider, we had to raise our hand to get permission from a supervisor if we needed to use the restroom. They treated us like we were kids in grade school. I quit that job as soon as I could. <laughs> I don't know how I ever worked in an office place. I guess because I had to, but we didn't ever work for any real assholes until the last couple of years of our time in a building. Oh, Christ. It just makes me mad to even think about the garbage that went on <laughs> up there. I know. And don't get me started on these sociopathic douchebags. Uh, this one is insane. Back in the early 2000s, when paying with checks was the norm, I worked at a sandwich chain. My boss literally told us to judge a person like look at their shoes and how they're dressed before you take a check from them it really made no sense because it was usually the rich looking people that had checks bounce <laughs> but when <laughs> but when one customer's check did bounce my ball my boss pulled money out of my co-worker's paycheck 
paycheck for, quote, misjudging a customer. I told them that was illegal and that they should give my coworker her money back. The next day, I was fired for not noticing a rogue piece of chicken teriyaki that was left under the pop machine after closing. I turned them into the better. <laughs> I know. I turned them into the Better Business Bureau, and they were forced to return her money plus fees. These all reek of lawsuits to me. Can you believe no, yeah. that? I know. Now, now, you know that um, maybe it isn't in just radio. This may be applied to other businesses. If you're in the sales you know, side of any business, if you don't collect what you're owed in like 30 days, they take it out of your salary until you get the money, which is also probably illegal in some way. But it was just accepted as the way things were. I wonder if that nonsense still plays. I, I don't know. Insane. Middle this, management. God. Yeah. This is from Anonymous. I worked for a place that specifically stated in the employee handbook that women could not wear scrunchies in their hair, only clips. Huh? And they also weren't allowed to wear open-toed shoes without painting their toenails first. Oh. Oh, God. Stupid. Men are pigs. Mm-hmm. This one says, I had a manager once when I worked retail who didn't want us to use the word help for some reason. So we couldn't ask customers if they needed help. We had to come up with some other way to say it. One day, <laughs> my coworker, obviously flustered at this rule, struggled to come up with something on the spot and blurted out, how can I service you today? <laughs> she said, I had to leave the sales floor. I was laughing so hard. Uh, my hand. Uh, uh, what's wrong with assist then? Uh, yeah, yes, assist might work. I assist you. Uh, this one says the owner of where I worked hated musicals for some reason and forbade any conversation relating to musical theater. I once got yelled at for sharing my situationally appropriate antidote from my theater kid days. <laughs> well, because anybody in theater is gay or tranny, and so that's a drag. Rise up. That's a drag, get it? God. Oh, this is, uh, this, this takes the cake, I think. I used to have a boss who didn't make rules per se, but rather very strong suggestions. When writing letters to clients, we would never use the word pleasure, as in, it was a pleasure meeting you today, because pleasure was a sexual term to her. She strongly suggested that women in the office never lean on a desk, because it looked like a sexual pose. No bra should ever be visible under a blouse, because it looked sexual. Women who women should wear camisoles under their blouses or never take their jackets off. There were many other things she strongly suggested we never do, but it was weird that so many innocent things seemed sexual. Oh, jeez! And then she went oh, on to just... try to ban books from the school library. Yep. Yeah, yeah. People yep. just suck. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Yeah. The uh, world is a ghetto. It's just awful. <laughs> it's everything's over. Hey, have a nice day. Thank you. This is Drake Digital.